Welcome to the Child Free Wealth Podcast, hosted by Bree and Dr. J, Certified Financial Planner. Here we discuss life and finances as it relates to being child free. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your advisor before implementing any ideas heard on this podcast. All right, Dr. J, this week we're going to be talking about student loans. So I hear things are changing with student loans and student loan, not only payments restarting and the forgiveness is all in limbo. Can you tell us more about it? Okay, so just a a date check for everybody. So we are recording this in June 2023. If it's like June 2024, ignore this because it's probably going to be useless. Um, And I try not to do podcasts that are like such date oriented, but some weird things have happened. Um, And and I apologize if I get political on this stuff, but um, it is what it is. It's just politics in the middle of this. So here's the thing to remember. Bottom line, if you're not going to listen to everything else, your student loans are going to start back somewhere around August 29th. Now, that's not a helpful date because it could be somewhere around there, give or take a couple of days, might be September's first bill or August bill. We don't know. The new uh, debt limit bill said that student loan repayment had to restart within 60 days of June 30th. In theory, that's August 29th. Whether or not the Department of Education gets there, they said they would give 21 days notice before your payments start. I have no clue. It's a bit of a nightmare. But here's what it does mean. It means there's no more extensions. It is in law that it's starting again. So if you've been on the, on the school of thought of like, hey, I want my student loans to you know kick down the road. Nope. I personally had thought they were going to kick it down the road until the next presidential election and be like, leave it to the next person. It's their problem. That's not happening. So August 29th, you're getting a bill. Now, for many of you, that might be a rough day. Um, you haven't been paying a student loan for at least two, three years. Uh, you're going to have a payment coming that you're not planning on it. Bree, have you heard any of your friends yakking about this yet? I've heard a couple, but it's mainly been me saying, hey, um, just pay attention to your student loans, guys. Like They might be coming back here soon. So a few have said something, but for the most part, not a, not a whole lot. What's your plan for student loans? My plan is, well, we're, we are working to pay off all of student loans aggressively right now. So we can absorb the payment and we're very lucky to be in that position. But we're just going to keep dumping extra money on all of them to hopefully get them gone soon. Okay. Good idea. Now, let me give you kind of some of the other questions I get. Well, what about that $10,000 forgiveness or 20000 if you had Pell Grants? That's completely separate, and that depends on what the Supreme Court decides. And anyone who believes they know what the Supreme Court's going to decide, they're making it up. So if you have like a student loan that's like $8,000 and you're hoping the $10,000 pays for it, right now the plan is if the $10,000 pays it, they would give you a refund. Now that does not mean, hey, I paid off my loan in 2021 and I get no. That's like during this period. There's actually kind of a weird thing here. So if your loan is somewhere around that 10 grand and that 10 grand does hit or 20 if you got a Pell Grant, you can actually request a refund for any payments made during the COVID forbearance. Not before, not after, just kind of like in that period of time. 
And that's only for federal loans. If you've got private loans, sucks to be you. Like, it's just, there's nothing that you can do about it. Um, so the 10 or 20 grand, I don't know. Uh, if I had to make a bet, I would flip a coin and go with whatever answer is there. Bree, what do you think? Are they going to approve the $10,000 loans? Uh, so forgiveness? I honestly have no idea. I feel like when it comes to the government, you can't really make a prediction because whatever you think they're going to do, it changes. So for us personally, we are going to just pay down until we hit that $10,000 limit and wait until a decision is made. And if we're expecting to have to pay it, but if we don't have to, that would be great. All right, Bree. So let me ask you the follow-up on that one. So do you think there's going to be more forgiveness in the future? No, <laughs> I don't. I'm not very hopeful with the forgiveness in general. So I'm with Bree, and this is where I said I'm not trying to get political. I just, they've been talking about student forgiveness for decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you really want to get into it, you know, Bernie Sanders has been talking about it since the 70s, and it hasn't really happened. So waiting to hope it gets paid off. Yeah, right. Um, you might be waiting forever. Yeah. Um, we have we have some problems. You know, the student loan issues are a giant problem for our country, giant problem for people. Um, I saw a stat. I don't know. I don't know where it came from, but they were, you know, the Republican Party was very happy because five million dollars a month is going to come back to being paid off in student loans. And I go, yep, that's five million dollars from people who can't afford it. Um, but I don't know. It's a nightmare. I mean, you did sign up for the student loan, so you do owe it. That's the bottom line. Uh, I would argue right now tuition is out of control, and I don't know that I can justify anyone going back to school and taking out student loans. But if you have, you got to deal with them. Is that fair? Yeah, I'd say that's definitely fair. And I think as... Now, if somebody's looking going back to school, you know, there are a lot of scholarships available. It just takes time to look for them. And if you can get them, great, because that'll really help you out. But yeah, I don't, I'm not hopeful with the student loan forgiveness. However, you know, ours is a mix of federal and private. So we're going to just put the federal one as like the last thing to worry about. Okay. So let's talk about how do we actually pay off the student loans because we got like – we we can't forget it now. Like literally by the time you read – you know, watch this or read this or whatever, it's going to be like tomorrow. It's going to feel like you're going to start getting a payment. And I did somebody's – they had a six-figure student loan and their payment was going to be like $1,000 a month. I mean crazy. So keep in mind that student loans, the standard repayment wants you to pay it off over 10 years. 120 payments – Plus the interest. Um, refinancing student loans right now, I don't really think that's much of an option. Interest rates are up. You might save 1%. You might be able to combine. But chances are you got some student loans that are a lower percentage than what the refi rates are right now. Uh, that might be in it. It might be changed in a couple of years or a year. I don't know. But refinance really ain't going to help you much. So now we start looking at some other weird options. Uh, if you are in a public service job, so we're talking, you know, nurse or you work for nonprofit, government, healthcare, some of those fun things, is public service loan forgiveness. 
Now, the way that program works is you have to make 120 payments on time for it to be forgiven. But during the, they've extended the public service loan forgiveness a little bit to say, we're going to give you credit for COVID. We're going to give you credit for forbearance. They're being very lenient on it. So essentially, 10 years, your loans disappear. If you're in a nonprofit job for 10 years, cool. The downside of this is you have to take a nonprofit pay for 10 years, which tends not to be the best. Uh, the other part of the public service loan forgiveness is it's all political. So the previous administration approved like nobody. I mean, it's less than 1% of applications. This administration is approving everybody. And where the next administration is or where the administration after that, if you've got to go out 10 years, is I have no clue. And I can't even guess how that program is going to, to work out in the future. I mean, Bree, can you tell me what the political world is going to look like 10 years from now? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I can hardly tell you tomorrow. I can't. That's the problem with relying on the public service loan forgiveness. You could start it today, and 10 years from now, we end up in the issue. The good thing of public service loan forgiveness is at 10 years, it's all forgiven, or 120 payments technically, and that is a tax-free forgiveness. Awesome. If you qualify, great, do it. Now, for everybody else, which is like most everybody, uh, one other group I will call out, if you're in military VA, you may have some benefits there that can help you with loans. Beyond that, for everybody else, your chances are you're going to end up working with one of the new income-driven repayment programs. So the new program, uh, we'll include a link in the show notes. The details are supposed to be out in August. So like, talk about cutting it close. Uh, they thought they were going to have more time, but things have changed. Here's what we have for details now. And by the way, they may have changed like the day after I said these, so please look them up. The general rule is if it's an undergraduate loan, they're going to cap your payment at 5% of your discretionary income. If it's all graduate, it's 10%. If it's a mix, they're going to do some type of mix of rate. By the way, I have no clue how they're going to do that. Um, a lot of the loans just got smushed together. And which ones qualify under where? Who knows? Like I, That's one of those I'm like, sure, makes good sense. The other one that's happening is it's 225% of your discretionary income. Now, what they do is the federal poverty line, they do some math, blah, blah, blah. This is one of those areas where being child-free hurts you. Because your family of one or two, no dependents, your poverty line is lower. Um, just, just is what it is. So it caps it at 5 or 10%. But here's what's more important about the new IDR. The new income-driven repayment program says no more interest will accrue than your payment. So let's say your new payment is $400 a month, but your interest on your loans is $500. Your loan will not grow. They'll apply the 400 to the to the interest first. Everything else they'll cover. So this is really important because I've had people that have been paying on loans for a decade and made no progress. Well, if you're paying less of the interest, you'll make no progress. So being in the IDR program should, in theory, stop that interest from accumulating. There's also some weird things in here. So if you just did community college or the lower of the income scale, you actually can get it forgiven in something like 10 years. Everything else is going to be like 20-ish years. And I say ish because who knows. But this program currently, as it states, when that's forgiven, that debt, you get a, a, a form saying, hey, we forgave $50,000 of your loan. You have to pay taxes on that. Now, that's there's been better. some, oh, yeah. Well, but it's better than owing $50,000. Yeah. 
It is, but that's still going to, like, people aren't expecting that and don't think about that. That's going to hurt them. Well, here's what happens. So, like, if you get a credit card and you negotiate for them, pay for less, the amount they get forgave is a taxable benefit to you. So that's kind of where this student loan thing goes. Now, there's been some weird things during the COVID period, and some states have made weird rules to get around it. But right now, I don't know if you're going to get a giant tax bill at the end or not. Um, because PSLF specifically says you're not getting a tax bill. This one, I didn't see that. So, you know, let's, let's say I have $100,000 of loan forgiven. You know, it might take you 20 years, but 20 years from now, you got $100,000 of loan forgiven. That's a big old That's IRS big, chunk. Big, big chunk there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, another kind of weirdo stuff under this new IDR, it specifically does not include Parent PLUS loans. Now, we don't have kids, so that's easy. But if your parents still got a loan for you, they're out of luck. Uh, kind of weird how that works. Um, the other thing I haven't seen the full details on in this plan, most of the plans have some type of weirdo math where like if you're married, you can file uh, married filing separate and just go off of your income. I haven't seen the full details on this, but that would only be if you had filed in 2023 that way. So you may be able to change it for 2024. Uh, if you are on a current income-driven repayment program or current income-based repayment program, there's slight differences, but just go with the general. Right now, they're still going off your income pre-COVID. That could be good for some people. Other people, not so much. Depends on what your income was. Um, so you may not want to upset that apple cart until you know you, you see which income they're counting and where you fit. Now, Bree, I just threw a lot at you. That's got to be clear as mud. What do you? What are your questions? Oh, it's absolutely clear as mud. So, I've been open about this before. I, I did not have student loans. My parents paid for my college. My wife does, and those are the ones we were working on. And so, I'm just learning student loans, and I don't really understand them. But this is helping. When it, you said earlier, the 21 day notice. When or how is that going to be given for when? So people know when to start paying their loans again. And like when I, when we log in right now to the platform, it says everything is at a 0%000. So thankfully we had the numbers written down before. So we know what's there, but how would people know otherwise? Yeah. Um, and by the way, if I don't give you a real answer, it's cause I don't really have a great answer. Um, couple things. Log into studentaid.gov. You can see what your loans are and who they're with. Because one of the other things that happened during COVID is a whole bunch of like Sally May gave up a whole bunch. So if you like hated Sally May, now you hate like Nelnet or somewhere else. Um, and it's not that you not there's anything wrong with any of them. It's just we all hate who we owe money to. So you got to figure out where your loans are. First step. Second step. How much is my payment going to be? I have, we're going to include a link to a calculator that I like from studentloanplanner.com that does this. The other thing is you can go into studentaid.gov and it says which program is best for me, an IBR or other things or IDR. That in theory works, 
but I've done it with some clients and I'm like, it's missing this loan or it doesn't have this information. Like there's weird stuff missing. Now, the, the messed up part of this is you are responsible for all of this. Mm-hmm. The, the, when are they going to send notices? Uh, yep. It's supposed to be 21 days. Are they going to send an email mail? I have no clue. Uh, they haven't said it publicly. So look everywhere. Uh, the other thing I've had people do is pull your credit report. You can get a free credit report and we'll include the link in here also. Uh, don't pay free credit report and you can see where your loans are. Mm-hmm. That might help. Um, it's kind of a fishing expedition to figure out what it is. Also, while the program is supposed to like point you in the right direction, there are so many people out there with so many different types of loans. You have to do this yourself. So you're going to have to dive into it. And, and, and let me talk about kind of some weird stuff. And by the way, we have, um, we're going to be holding a group Q and a on June 20th. Uh, if it's past that, sorry, but June 20th, we're going to do a group Q and a, and the link's going to be in the notes that, We'll try to dive in where we can. And if, if that gets filled, we'll add another one or we'll, we're going to try to help you wherever it is. You can email us at podcast at childforwealth.com. We'll try to see where we can help. Like I'm really worried about people trying to figure this out. So some of the other weird stuff that's happened. If you went to a for-profit school, you may have already been able to get your loan forgiven. So there's a, there was a lawsuit that looked at a whole bunch of the schools and I'm just going to pick on one because I can think of the top of my head. So when I was growing up, there used to always be these commercials for ITT Tech. This is, you know, you get your HVAC and other, you know, yep, that program got shut down. And those people that borrowed through there, the loans got forgiven because the school was kind of not doing the right thing. Let's put it that way. I wanted to say what I really think of the school, but I really shouldn't do that publicly. Um, there's a whole bunch of other. I don't think anyone should go to a for-profit school. Let's just let's leave it at that. But there's a whole bunch of schools like that that you might be able to get your student loan just wiped out. Another way you can get your student loan wiped out is if you're disabled. Now, if you go on to Social Security Disability, in theory, it's supposed to just magically disappear. I've been working with somebody for over a year to get all the paperwork done to get theirs to disappear. So if you are disabled, you're receiving disability income, that's an option. The other option is to die. Um, which no, I don't recommend to anyone, but like, but well, okay. I, I bring it up because here's the thing. If I have a student loan and I die, my student loans go with me. If I refinance it and my wife's name's on it, I don't know that it's going away. Depends if it's federal, private, what the rules are. Like this is weird. Also, you cannot go bankrupt and get rid of your student loans. Doesn't work. There's actually somebody that did succeed in this and he and his argument was that he used his student loan for like other fun stuff like you know around his house and his computer and rent and stuff so therefore it should be forgivable um he actually got he actually got the the this the bankruptcy but then the department of education like is appealing that because they don't want people to be able to do that i don't know where that's going but just kind of not really an option for for everybody yeah. Uh, so your only option are, how do you want to pay it? Uh, the disability thing, interestingly enough, a lot of folks will end up disab- disabled in their life. And once again, that's one that's not that there's no tax on also when it gets forgiven. Uh, it, it's kind of funky. The other one to think about is if your parents took out loans for you, you got to watch out for them. 
because they may not be able to qualify for any of these programs, and they may be getting big old bills. Uh, I, you know, that's a personal choice how you handle that, but it's weird. In your in your example, Bree, though, the hard part is first you got to figure out what your loans are, what your payments are, where you're going to go. The student loan planner will actually tell you what your current payment should be, what it would be under the income base for payments and others. Remember, it's only as good as the information you put in. So yeah. if you got crap information, it's not going to work. But oh, at yeah, least good information. So that's good. Yeah, you do, but not everybody yeah. else does. I know. Uh, but you'll see like the, the new, the standard, the refinance, all that. Um, the other thing is I'd be very careful. There's a whole bunch of lenders out there. And I'm not going to name names out kind of doing predatory things to get people to refi. Uh, some of those people, some of those banks actually like started suing and, and going after the government for having the repayments start earlier. So I'm not loving them right now. But refinance is very rarely going to be the chance in the current interest rates. Mm-hmm. Now, if you just got your student loan like last year, maybe, but. You know, if you got your student loan five years ago, I don't know. Uh, it's it's one of those weird things. And the other option, people go, so I'm just going to ignore it. Well, the hard part of that is the government can kind of start taking your paycheck, taking, you know, you know, they can actually seize your funds. and You owe money to the government and they have a lot of power. Um, they can make your life hell. Uh, I, I've seen some, so some more fun ones. I've seen some people, so they want to go international. So now this is a trick. You, you go international, you, you get enough income to make it through there, but not enough to be over the minimums for the U.S. So you report essentially zero income to the U.S. Then you don't owe anything on the income base for payment. Then after 25 years, like I had somebody explain this to me because they're, they're, and I'm like, I lost you somewhere in there, but I got where they're going. Like in, you, you can in theory leave the country and like, and I'm like, wow, we get in that part where you have to be out of the country for 25 years before your student loans disappear. Um, and they're growing at that point because of the interest. That's I, I, a lot of effort. Well, but the hard part is the people that have, you know, you get over $50,000 student loans. That's now weighing down your whole life. Mm-hmm. And for some, 10000 does. But just, just let's, let's go 50s. Then I get people that are, have six-figure loans. That's a mortgage. I don't know how you swing that. The new IDR is the only way to get there because you're going to end up with somewhere between 5 and 10% of your income going to it. It works, but it's going to be rough. The other one, um, and shameless plug, so we have a course on financial foundations. You get a seven-day free trial. We'll include a link to that on the website too. Um, you're going to have to get on a budget. You're going to have to start making more money to pay off these loans. I, there's nothing I can do about it. Like I feel bad, but... You're going to have to make sure your financial house is in order. You know, I'm not saying the avocado toast is the problem. I'm saying your overall spending and, and your budget, all that needs to change. And something like, you know, a half to two-thirds of the U.S. is paycheck to paycheck already. Mm-hmm. Now you've added a student loan payment. I'm worried. I really am. That's why I'm offering the group session and the trying to help people. Like, I don't know, but you cannot, you cannot, cannot just put your head in the sand and say, well, I'm not going to do anything with this. Yeah. Ignorance is not bliss when it comes to finances. No. And the student loan thing, we, we 
So behind the scenes, kind of a little fun. We have a schedule. We record podcasts in advance and all that. I said to Bree, I said, we need to like completely screw up our schedule, which then she yelled at me, but that's okay. And say oh, that we have to it was, it was a light slap on the hand. I said, you know, she, she's got like a whole social media plan. I'm like, we need to mess that up. Um, to talk about student loans because you got less than 60 days now. You know, actually, sorry. You'll have a little more than 60 days after this comes out, but you may have less by the time you listen to this to work on your student loans. And something needs to change. My advice is figure out what your IDR plan would be. Get the paperwork moving on that once it's up. And then you need to start living today like you have to make that payment. So if it's a $400 payment or a $300 payment, you just put it in a bank right now and use it for the student loans going forward. But you're going to have to learn that before the payments are due because otherwise you're going to start bouncing checks. Mm-hmm. And, and I just had a reporter say, well, what do you do if like you're getting behind on your bills? Well, the first month you're behind, that's a bright red light flashing saying something's gone wrong. Well, I'm kind of trying to get like two, a couple months ahead of you and say something's going to go wrong unless you happen to have a couple extra hundred bucks in your budget, which most people don't. Very true. Um, with the income driven repayment plan, one thing that I immediately think of is are there income limits to that? There are not, but at some point it's useless. Mm-hmm. So what happens is 10% of your take home, which is the max on the IDR, might be more than the standard payment. So then yep. you would do the standard payment. That so there's not an income limit in the, you know, in the numbers, but in, in reality, yeah, doesn't it's get not there. the way to go for everybody then. The other thing is the data says earning more money does not mean you have more money left around. Mm-hmm. There are people making six figures and still paycheck to paycheck. Um, depending on where you live, it's very easy to do. You know, this is, this is one of those, like, I think part, the, the idea of the forbearance for COVID was, was a good one. It's been too long. People forgot about what student pay, student loan payments feel like. Mm-hmm. And the inflation filled up that area of their budget that otherwise would have been student loans. Absolutely. So bottom line, we have a Q&A. We have resources for you. Please reach out. If you have questions, you can post them. We'll see what we can do to help. We're going we're gonna to try to put, put you in the right direction for resources. I will say I may not know the answer, and I may not have one, and there may not be a good one. Um, and I feel bad admitting that, but I've looked at some people's student loans, and I'm like, yeah, the bottom line is you're screwed. <laughs> they're like, wait a minute. I didn't want to have that answer. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I've done your math. I've done the, I've, we've done every program. You need to like pick up a second job to pay your student loans. And they're like, isn't there anything else you can do? I'm like, I got no more tools. And I feel bad, but there's just not a great answer. Um, it's something that needs to change. You know, I'm, I am going to get a little political for a second. This is why you vote. I'm not saying who you vote for. You can vote for whoever you want, but this is why you vote for what's important. And this is going to be an interesting one. I think some people are going to have a rough fall. So we're here to help you wherever we can. Uh, You know, in particular, the child-free folks are getting smacked with this because of the whole, you know, you don't have dependents in in this. So we've got to watch out for our own community. Please reach out and I'll try to help you where I can. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a rating or review. We'd love to keep the conversation going. Follow Child Free Wealth on social media or email us at podcast at childfreewealth.com. If you're interested in working together, 
Learn more by visiting our website, www.childfreewealth.com. We'll see you next time.